IBN's Revenge with Jeremy Bowman, Episode 2, SDA and SD-WAN Integration. Today we are discussing the design considerations for integrating SDA and SD-WAN. Specifically, we are going to discuss the one-box and the two-box solutions. Before we jump into the topic, let's briefly review what is SDA and SD-WAN, as well as why would you want to integrate them. SDA is Cisco's software-defined access. Imagine the local area network at a single geographic location. At this location, perhaps you have one or more WAN Edge devices, maybe even some local services for the site, but more importantly, you have a local network that is providing wired and wireless access for the local users. SDA provides for macro and micro segmentation of this user environment in an automated management system complete with zero trust and end-to-end -end security policy. With automation, engineers and architects are now able to focus more on design than actual implementation while creating a more secure and segmented environment. With SD-WAN, traffic traversing between geographically distinct locations can do so across secure encrypted tunnels. In addition, multiple transports may be used between the locations with application-aware routing so that some applications are load balanced across the transports while other applications prefer one transport to another based on policy and performance. So now imagine we have our two architectures designed, SD-WAN and SDA, and we are now ready to go deploy them into production. But if we look closely at the architectures, we'll notice that the C-Edge routers, the ASRs, the ISRs, the CAT8000s, are not only able to be functional as C-Edges, but that they can also be border nodes and control plane nodes in the SDA environment. This then is our topic for today. How do we connect SDA and SD-WAN together? Why choose one method over another? And how do we develop our policy? First, let's introduce the main players. In SDA, the control plane is LISP and the data plane is VXLAN. Inside the VXLAN header, we have the VNID and the SGT information. These are both just numbers, but they are very important numbers in the SDA world. The VNID, or Virtual Network Identifier, is used to correctly identify the LISP instance ID that matches the actual SDA virtual network. Every time a new virtual network is created on the DNAC, the DNAC assigns a unique VNID to the virtual network. Then, regardless of the location that SDA is deployed, or even the order of operations of the deployment, the same virtual network gets the exact same VNID at all locations. When an SDA participating device gets a VXLAN packet destined for that particular device, it is then able to use the correct VRF for egress and processing due to the VNID contained inside the VXLAN header, as well as the mapping of the LISP instance ID to the correct VRF. Therefore, the VNID is necessary to ensure the macro segmentation is maintained across the SDA fabric. The SGT, or security group tag, is the numerical value that is associated with a particular user or group of users. For instance, you may have an enterprise with admins, human resources personnel, finance personnel, accounting, and regular users. Based on user membership and policy, the members of each of those groups could be mapped to distinct SGTs. Here, the SGT information indicates group membership, and policy may be created based on that membership. Inside the VXLAN header in SDA, the SGT value is carried across the fabric. When the remote SDA device receives the VXLAN packet, the SGT of the source of the packet is found in the VXLAN header, 
and the egress device may know the SGT value of the destination. I say may know because depending on the configuration and state of a border node, for instance, the border node may not know the destination SGT, in which case it is simply called unknown. Now, if the SDA device knows both the source and destination SGT, then it may enforce the TrustSec policy by either allowing or dropping the packet. Now we understand that the VNID is providing our macro segmentation and the SGT value is providing the micro segmentation. Now if we were to turn back the clock to the old days of Cisco TrustSec where all of the CTS was manually configured, you may recall that in order to propagate the SGT information from one switch to another, the SGT information was added to the layer 2 frame. Specifically, it was added into the CMD or Cisco metadata header after the 802.1Q tag in the L2 frame. We referred to this as inline tagging. And actually inline tagging is still supported today. I mentioned the inline tagging and the CMD header because as we see these will be important with our SD-WAN integration. First let's look at SD-WAN briefly then we can discuss the actual integration of the two architectures. In SD-WAN, we have the concept of service VPNs. If SD-WAN were envisioned as a service provider network, then the service VPNs would be the client-specific VRFs, which is exactly what they are. Each service VPN is a unique VRF complete with route targets and route distinguishers on each C-Edge. The VRF name is just the number of the SD-WAN service VPN. Since SD-WAN is not using MPLS, then a different mechanism for labeling must be used. This is done by inserting the VPN ID into the IPsec header of the packet as it is encrypted before forwarding out the transport layer. Also, we have extended the IPsec header to also carry the CMD header. This is the same CMD header we already saw for inline tagging to propagate the SGT information. Therefore, SD-WAN essentially comes ready-made to propagate our SGT information as well as our VNID across the WAN topology between our SDA locations. In fact, SD-WAN doesn't even need SDA at either end. It now supports all of the Cisco TrustSec features, which would include things like classification, marking, and enforcement. We will get into why that is important in just a moment. So let's review where we are for a moment. Within SDA, we have seen that the VNID and SGT information is propagated between SDA nodes inside the VXLAN header providing the macro and micro segmentation identifiers across the fabric. In SD-WAN, we have seen that the IPsec header carries the VPN ID as well as the CMD header with the SGT value inside of it. We discussed how inline tagging at layer 2 allows for propagation of the SGT information outside of an actual fabric and we also touched on the fact that the same CH hardware may have functional roles in SDA. This all leads us to where we wanted to go, the one-box and two-box integration of SDA and SD-WAN. In the two-box integration solution, the CH does not participate in SDA. Instead, the SDA border node and the CH are directly connected to each other physically via .1Q trunk. The .1Q trunk is important in this scenario. Not only does it allow for the CMD header to be inserted after the .1Q tag with inline tagging, but the actual VLAN provides the ability to map the SDA VNID to the SD-WAN VPN ID. 
If you consider the flow of traffic from the SDA environment to the SD-WAN environment, then the VXLAN packet arrives at the SDA egress border node. The border node decapsulates the VXLAN header. Based on the VN ID, it forwards the packet in the correct VRF. In this case, the packet egresses towards the C-Edge in the specific VLAN for that virtual network. Because it arrives on the C-Edge sub-interface that is also configured with the correct SD-WAN service VPN, the service VPN is used to provide the macro-segmentation within the IPsec packet. The SGT information is just propagated along the entire path as long as both devices are configured for inline tagging. In the opposite direction, from SD-WAN to SDA, the same mapping translation occurs where the SGT is already in the CMD header inside the IPsec packet that is propagated out through inline tagging right into the CMD header behind the .1Q tag. The SD-WAN service VPN sub-interface has the correct VLAN, which then allows the packet to come in on the correct SVI on the border node for SDA. This is a very modular approach to the SDA and SD-WAN integration that allows both architectures to be built out at differing speeds and timelines, as well as providing distinct management domains for the operational engineers. You may also notice that we did not discuss DNAC and vManage in the two-box system. Actual API integration between the two management tools is not required for the two-box solution. In the one-box solution, the C-Edge not only functions as an SD-WAN device, it also functions as an SDA border node and control plane node within the SDA fabric. Since the same device is used for SDA and SD-WAN, the .1Q link is no longer required. Instead, the VNID and SGT information in the VXLAN header is directly copied into the IPsec header appropriately. In order for this to work, the vManage and DNAC must be integrated together via their APIs. The vManage IP or FQDN information, a username and password, as well as some system information is provided via the DNAC UI. The DNAC then uses the vManage APIs to integrate with the vManage itself directly. At this point, the SD-WAN VPN IDs and the actual C edges may be shared with the DNAC. That is, the vManage owns the C-Edge and even provisions the C-Edge. But the DNAC is able to add the C-Edge to the SDA fabric at a given location via provisioning through the vManage. The user is also able to map the SDA VNID to the SD-WAN service VPNs through the DNAC UI, which handles all of the mapping configuration for the C-Edges. While this does provide a tighter integration of SDA and SD-WAN, as well as reduce the network device inventory at the site, it should be noted that the environment loses its modular nature as compared with the two-box solution. We mentioned previously that the SD-WAN CS supports the entire Cisco TrustSec feature set. This is important because now as you are building out your enterprise into a single Cisco TrustSec enclave for end-to-end zero trust and policy enforcement, you may have locations where you're only able to have SD-WAN. For instance, a remote home router. Here the C-Edge could provide all of the policy classification, marking, and enforcement while still extending the macro and micro segmentation information out to the rest of your network topology. We look forward to future episodes with you. 
Thank you.